0: This week, Tetzvav Sivan will be the yard of Shmuel Chaim Landau, who was better known actually by his initials, Shachal. I'd like to begin by telling of my childhood and my memory of the name Shachal. I grew up and was active in Bnei Akiva, and Shachal was a name of a person who was one of the Zionist leaders that I saw as a picture of the greatest leaders of religious Zionism. They used to have a series of pictures of, Godot, of the great leaders of the religious Zionists. And I remember the pictures of Rabbi Shmuel Malavar and Rabbi Reines, Rabbi Cook, and Shacha. I was always impressed by his His youthful looking, a beard, which was a real Hadras parliament, very good looking person. I was told that he was a great Zionist leader, and he died rather young. But interestingly enough, that was all I really knew about him. Like, the stories of their lives, their biographies, were not as well known as just as the image that I had of him as one of the great Zionist leaders. This uh, broadcast gives me an opportunity to study a little bit more about his life and not just about his writing and thinking. Today, when you mention the name Shmuel Chaim Landau in religious Zionist circles, I think that the first thing they think about is the the nickname, the initial Shachal, and it's fairly well known in Israel because there are streets in Eretz Israel named for him. In Yerushalayim, in the section of Givat Mordechai, there's a, one of the main streets is called Rechov Shachal, named after Reb Shmuel Chaim Landau. And it's a, a very big thoroughfare which happens to be very close to the Chevron Yeshiva of Yerushalayim. Shachal was not known as Harav Landau. He was not a Shachal. But he apparently did have smicha, did learn Torah, and was quite accomplished in learning. He was born, ironically, on Tubishvat. The holiday that we somehow celebrate, Chaklaut, agriculture and work, was the birthday of Rav Landau in 1892. He was born into a family of Kotzker Hasidim whose family were entrenched in the world of Torah, the world of Hasidus, but at the same time they were of the working class. In a strange fashion, the Kotzker Hasidim brought up Shachal to see a, a, a world somehow reminiscent of his Future endeavors in the concept of Torah v'Avoda. The people of Kutsk, his family, were actually people of Torah v'Avoda. In a different sense, of course. He learned in, in, in privately with his own grandfather. In the custom of those days, he learned in the local bete medrash, and one of his main rebbe's was a the grandson of the Kutsker. The. Pilover, Rebbe. This grandson of the Kutzker was also known as a great Zionist who himself had plans to try to go on Aliyah, encourage people to go to live in Israel. And remember, we're talking now in the beginning of the 20th century. Shachal got married and he became a businessman. He was involved in the world of tobacco and he Became came quite well off. He also helped his father-in-law in his business. And he was a businessman who spent his t- t- spare time learning Torah and Chasidus. His personality seems to have been very open and very friendly. And he was very well liked by all in his hometown, in his village where he lived in Poland. The story is told... Apparently, historically true, that he was arrested and accused of being a Bolshevik, and his life was actually in danger. But the Polish community liked him so much that they went to courts to testify to explain that he was basically well known by them to be a very fine, outstanding citizen, the priest of the of the community himself. Came to testify on the on the behalf of Rav Shmuel Chaim Landau, and he was very well, and he w- was saved because of the fact that he was so so well liked. His intellectual world, or perhaps the world of askanut of getting involved in community affairs, began partially by articles that he wrote about Torah v'Avoda. The phrase of Torah v'Avoda seems to have been coined by Shachal as the motto of the organization that later became HaPoel Hamizrahi, where he emphasized the fact that working the land is itself part of Avodah Sashem. Torah should be combined with Avodah. Now, the phrase Torah and anything is something that some people had seen problematic. Some people have thought that Torah exists by itself. Everything else should not be mentioned in the same breath as Torah. Of course, we have other uh, combinations of Torah. Rav Shem Shonofo had the concept of Torah Im Derech which, of course, the phrase is based on the Mishnah. Or we have uh, Torah Umlachah today, we have Torah v'Avoda. we have Torah V'tzionu, Torah v- v- uh, Torah Umada, the motto of Yeshiva University. But to phrase, to coin that phrase of Torah v'Avoda. That somehow you combined Avoda and looked at Avoda, Avodata Agats, you looked at Chaklaut as agriculture, as working the land, as really part of Avoda Hashem, was something that was rather new. And as a person who was deeply involved in the Hasidic world, part of the Katzker fam, extended family, the, uh, you can imagine that Reb Shmuel Chaim Landau was accused or derided by certain Aguda types of people. And as I know personally from lives of other great Tamiri Chachamim who were involved in the world of, of pure Lambdas, of Hasidisha world, Lambdasha world, and then became involved with the religious Zionist movement one way or another. Very often, this led to a tremendous clash between the people with whom they had once associated closely and their beliefs in religious Zionism. Uh, Of course, Rav Soloveitchik is an obvious example where Rav Soloveitchik has written a number of times about how it was difficult to leave the philosophic and uh, understanding of his family and somehow try to blaze a new path, which was not well uh, appreciated, uh, to put it mildly, by members of his former community. The uh, Shmuel Landau, besides becoming, becoming a businessman, eventually turned to become an East Zibur, a person who was involved more with the community and not a private businessman. As I said, he seems to have been well off, he seems to have made his money in business, but he became involved with public activity and political activity we know that 1919 in 1922 he became the a, one of the members of the zionist uh, congress of the 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 mizrahi the religious uh, groups appointed him as their as their uh, representative and we know that he Continue to serve in the capacity of an Ishtzibur. By an interesting fact, besides his Zionist af- actions, he actually became the director of Ezra's Torah. Ezra's Torah today still exists and is known as the organization that allots money to support Tamirich HaChamim. It ju- works in cooperation with the joint in order to a lot of money, give out money when needed to tamenich hachamin. For years in America, Ezra's Torah was identified with Rav Henkin. Rav Henkin was the the image of Ezra's Torah for many years. And we know it as a very, in, today we know it more as a rabbinic, yeshivish type of organization. But it's interesting to note that Shachal Shmuel Chaim Landa, who is known as the leader of Torah was actually the manager of Ezra's Torah for a number of years. He did not only preach the concept of Torah but he decided himself to do what we call hakshama, to realize his dream, to put it into action, to put it into fruition. And in 1925, when he was 33 years old, he made his preparations to come to live in Eretz Israel. And one of the responsibilities that he had to do with when he came to Eretz Israel was there were splits within the religious Zionist movement itself. He worked hard to create a unity between different factions of Apoa Mizrahi. In a sense, when you read about it, it seems that we look and see how split the Jewish community is, and was. The HaPoel Mizrahi and the Mizrahi were two different organizations. HaPoel Mizrahi was the organization more of Torah Vavodah, of working. And Mizrahi were more the type of the, call it the bourgeoisie, if you will, but not so much the workers as the uh, more type of business uh, Zionist leaders. That description that I said is a very general statement, which of course should be qualified a great deal, but there is some truth to it. Eventually, the Mizrahi and Hapa'al Mizrahi joined together and became what we call today the Mavdal. The Miflagadatit L'Umit was a merger between the Mizrahi and the Hapa'al Mizrahi. The Hapa'al Mizrahi itself was split into different groups with a little different ideology. And Shachal, in his years in Eretz Israel, when he came in 1925, 1926, worked and apparently was successful in uniting these factions. He built his home in Yerushalayim, and it was known as a home which was open to people, not necessarily who identified with one outlook, with one world outlook, or another world outlook. His home was known as a base v'ad, the place that's open, people could come in, and as I said, he apparently did not, he had his own means of support, and therefore he was a very hospitable, could afford to feed people who, very often who came to him. During those years of 1925-1926, he was known to have been very close to Rav Kook. Rav Kook, of course, was Nifter in 1935. And for the years that uh, Shachal was in Eretz Israel, he was close to Rav Kook, and he was involved in intellectual efforts of writing articles about Torah v'Avodah The tragedy, of course, of his life is that he was Nifter very, very young age. He was Nifter, as I studied earlier, on Tesvav Sivan of 1928. That means he was only 36 when he passed away. And that's perhaps the reason why the picture that I used to see on the wall was so striking. Whereas the pictures that I saw of Rav Malavar and Rav Reynas and Rav Cook were of much older gentlemen. Pictures of people in the 60s, 70s at least. And I saw this picture of this young man with piercing eyes and his tremendous beard. So it made a big impression upon me that here was a very young person who unfortunately was Nifter when he was 36 years old. The legacy that we have of Shachal is we have his some of his collected writings. We also have work that was done about, about him by Dan Yachia and other and others. But it just seems a little ironic that the most famous and well-known legacy that he left after him is in the image of the pictures that people will see of the religious Zionist leaders, and the fact that a street in Yerushalayim and other cities is named after him. The name Shachal lives on. I'm not really sure how many people know the details of his life, or will study, or will read the articles that he wrote, his collected writings, or a book about him, but the name Shachal will live on in Jewish history.